Hi, this is Cal Ripken Jr., and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. Another edition of the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Deezer. Make sure you download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Liverpool Physical Therapy, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, and our terrific friend Brian Conboy at Mass Mutual New York State. Tax-efficient retirement planning. Go with Brian today. Advisors.massmutual.com. Get your financial plan in order with Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State, the official financial advisor of the ML Sports Platter. And a huge tip of the cap thank you as well to the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the platform. Let's spend some time uh, breaking down the Falcons-Bills game uh, in which the Bills clinched a playoff berth um, with the Ravens' loss. There were a lot of different um, ways the Bills could have gotten into uh, the postseason uh, with the win and, and several other circumstances, but the Ravens lost, uh, and so the Bills are are in. Um, and I wanted to just kind of go, you know, head to toe with this game and and, and recap it and, and kind of grab some grab some takeaways from it. The first thing is is with the Bills. I realize that that they corrected the red zone offense as the game went on. Um, you know, Devin Singletary getting two rushing touchdowns um, and and they ran it on several plays in a row in the second half uh, as well. It was not a good running day for Josh Allen or a good throwing day for Josh Allen. It was a, a great running day for the Bills across the board, which is, is good in a couple of different ways. One, it shows that you can win in a couple of different ways. And, and number two, the Bills need a little bit of that balance as well. But if they're going to try and make a run to the Super Bowl, they can't have a passing day like that. You'd like to pull back on the rushing yards maybe by about 100 and then have Allen go for 220 and not throw three interceptions in four attempts, right? But the red zone offense, been saying it for a while, and, and the analytic people could listen to this and just completely say, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Here's what the numbers say. But I don't need all of the analytic crap. Um if you watch the game, you know what happens. Now, percentages, um, chances in the red zone and all that, sometimes numbers can be deceiving. But with the Bills, it feels like one of two things happen. They don't score at all, or it takes them so many uh, hurdles to jump over in order to get into the red zone. Just take, for example, in the beginning of the game, right, the Bills... First of all, Atlanta got the safety off of the fumble by Marquez Stevenson, and frankly, the Bills got really lucky on that. Uh, They recover it. It's a safety. The Falcons get it back. The defense makes a crazy great stand right away to give the ball back to the Bills. With 3.15 left in the first quarter, the Bills put together a really, I mean, nice drive over six minutes, 15 plays, 69 yards, you know, a bunch of third down conversions, and they punch it in with the Josh Allen one-yard TD. But if you remember, if you remember that drive and what was happening down at the goal line, it was really, really, really difficult to watch, right? It really, I mean, it really was. Like the Bills, 
got down there. Um, it was first and 10 at the Atlanta 15. Allen scrambled um, for six yards. Then they're second and four at the nine. Devin Singletary goes right tackle uh, for no gain. Then it's third and four. Josh Allen passes short right to Diggs for, for five yards. It's a first and goal at the Atlanta four. Let me repeat that. First and goal at the Atlanta four. Allen passing complete. Dawson Knox. Allen short left to McKenzie. To the Atlanta three for six yards. That was, of course, after a penalty, uh, which is another problem in the red zone. The Bills are, are just getting too many penalties. Then it was second and three at the Atlanta three. Incomplete to Diggs. Then it was Allen incomplete, short left to Diggs. Um, on a, I think that was the play where Allen, Allen threw it really, really hard, but it was still in the in, in the grasp. I think Diggs probably should have made that catch. And then the Bills, you know, it took them fourth down and, and a timeout, uh, you know, just to get Allen, um, you know, to, well, they, you know what? There's another thing that I forgot. Allen passed incomplete to Diggs, but there was a penalty and on that sequence of events in the red zone, the Falcons actually got away with a bunch of holds. Nothing was called. Then the Bills got bailed out by a call, which which was the right call. But they, you know, you, you still get a PI. You don't plan on well. Hey, if we don't convert, hopefully we can get a penalty. You don't think like that. Like oh, we'll get bailed out. But they did. Um, and the Falcons, uh, that was a crucial penalty. Um, it was DPI um, and a two yarder and forcing at the at the Atlanta three. So then it was first and goal from the one, right? And that right there gives the Bills, obviously, brand new life. Deion Dawkins reports as an eligible receiver. Allen passes incomplete to him. And then on second and goal at the Atlanta one, finally, finally, the Bills score the touchdown. One-yard rush from Josh Allen. It was a great play call. Um, but you, you, you go back to all those plays. I mean, look at how many calls, look, look, look how many calls and, and audibles and a timeout and the nonsense and needing a penalty and a drop and everything that went into it for them to get a score. It, 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 it's just, it's a lot when they get down there, you know, it really is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10 plays needed to be run when they were at first and 10 from the 15 and then eventually first and goal at the four and then eventually first and goal at the one. Which, again, that was because of the DPI. So the red zone offense, to me, they got to clean that up big time. Um, Allen continued to look good, I thought, in the beginning of the game. This was a really, really, really tough game eventually for him. And, you know, the Bills got it back. They score again, 14-2. to Allen runs it in again. And you're sitting there saying, okay, th this should really be the Bills game to, to just blow them out and rest the starters. And nope, it didn't happen. The Bills got the ball back. And they get down again again in the red zone area, and Allen throws into chaos. You know, he throws into chaos. Uh, and by the way, it should be noted that when the Bills were up 7-2, to two, um, 
just a tremendous job by um, Gregory Russo. He came in and stripped the ball from Matt Ryan, and Harrison Phillips recovered it at the Atlanta 18. And then the Bills proceeded to take the ball in, um, you know, for another touchdown with the Allen run at 14 to two. Then the Bills get it back, um, but but they obviously just a, a horrendous a horrendous interception. Before that, Atlanta had a field goal to make it 14 to five, and really the Bills were down there and they should have scored to make it 21 five, and it would have been an absolute. Uh, at that point, ass kicking the Bills were getting the ball back at the start of the second half. I mean, it, it it was just playing into their hands. Even if you throw it away there and you're Josh Allen, even if you throw it away, it, it's really it's really simple, right? You get the field goal, and you're you're up seventeen to five. You know that that's a that that's a, a decent margin. You're controlling the game. The defense is playing well. You're at home. Um, just throw the ball away. Instead, he threw it into uh, chaos, and it was intercepted by Harmon. And then the touchback happened, of course, off of that. And then the Falcons took it down, scored a touchdown. Bills throw another interception. The Bills, uh, the Falcons, pardon me, get a field goal. And all of a sudden, they're leading the game 15 to 14. Then you go to the second half. Josh Allen throws another interception. And the one before that, of course, was the Beasley, you know, miscommunication sort of thing. He stopped the route and all the rest. Allen didn't read it in time. Probably more on Beasley than Allen, but Allen still has to have some at least better recognition than that. Um, you know, and, and then you, you kind of were getting worried, I think. I mean, at, at that particular point, you know, Allen throws the interception and – you know, here's Atlanta with the lead, with the momentum, uh, inside the 50. Uh, should have been, you know, it should have been right there and then that that the Bills Mafia should should have been worrying across the board. There should have been no feeling of, of, of easiness to this. Um, but then the defense clamped down. It was at that moment where the defense said, don't worry, we got you. We're going to put it back in the hands of the offense we're going to get points for you guys, and they did, and they shut out the Atlanta Falcons in the second half. A dominating performance by the defense in the second half. Really, it was only splash plays in the first as it was. Remember, Kyle Pitts had that one 61-yard play, but the Bills just did a masterful job on defense, and then they just pounded the Falcons into submission um, with an offensive line that was finally back and healthy and everybody available for the most part. We know Ike Bucker's gone for the year, but, you know, to have everybody there and ready and available, I mean, Ryan Bates, terrific, Brown, terrific, Morse was terrific, Deion Dawkins had a sensational game, you know, they they, they take it down 11 plays and uh, and uh, 80 yards over six and a half plus minutes, and uh, they cap it with the, with the terrific touchdown, uh, just the legs kept moving, and Devin Singletary, uh, had the six-yard rush, and the two-point conversion was great. You know, Allen to Beasley, they really needed that. They took the lead. Defense stops Falcons again. Bills get the ball again. 12 plays, 65 yards over seven minutes, and is capped off by um, a- another uh, Devin Singletary rush in the end zone. And then that was all she wrote. Now, look, the Bills played probably a B-minus game in this in this one against Atlanta, but it was good enough to win if they had played 
you know, the Patriots, the Titans, the Chiefs, you know, the Packers, the Bucks, uh, the Cowboys, they, they would have probably gotten beat, beaten or even rolled in this game. Um, but you play who you play when you play them. And, you know, I thought the Bills defensively were so good and the running game came alive to save a passing game that just wasn't there, which is not going to happen many times with this offense led by number 17 and Diggs and, and, and Beasley and Davis, uh, who had a great tiptoe catch um, that McDermott won a challenge on, which was a great, a great win for McDermott. He doesn't win many of those. Um, you know, Diggs, Davis, Beasley, McKenzie, uh, Knox, Josh Allen, this, this is a high-powered offense that normally will, will get more through the air. It just happened that they did not, and Allen was kind of out of sorts, throwing picks left and right. If he could just play within himself, especially down in the red zone, really the Bills, I think, can beat anybody. I think right now the season is hinging on Josh Allen and his ability to not turn the ball over. Because if you think about you know, the beginning of the year, there were a lot of issues with the Bills, certainly, into the middle of the year with their run defense and their injuries, offensive line and all the rest. But since that time, you know, when the Bills were struggling in certain areas, you know, and McKenzie got benched against the Colts and, you know, basically that four or five week stretch, um, you know, where the Bills had, had a lot of holes and you were kind of questioning what kind of a team they were and, I remember doing a video in, in terms of them being broken because they really looked like it. It was that stretch from late November until the middle of December, right, where they lost three of four, got blown out by the Colts, lost in New England in the, in, in the win game, and then at Tampa, they did find something in the second half against Tampa, but, but you had to look and wonder, right? And even you could go back really to the Jaguars game, I, I think, that's probably where a lot of it started because, you know, you lose one, two, three, four, five, six. You lose four of six. I mean, I just said three of four, but four of six is a bigger deal to me because the Jaguars game, uh, it, it's cost the Bills possibly home field advantage throughout. I mean, that's where we're at right now. I mean, they lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's why the Bills aren't up where they need to be. Clearly, they had lost to the Titans, which didn't help back on October 18th. Monday night game, which is just a terrific football game. The Bills outplayed him. They should have won. Allen slipped. Dawkins got blown up on the left on the QB sneak. And sometimes those things happen. But the stretch that I'm talking about, losing three of four, but now, now that I think about it, it's four of six going back to the Jaguars game. The Bills offense was getting rattled. And it was everybody had the blueprint back then. It was, here's how you beat the Bills. Get Josh Allen super flustered. He's going to turn it over and try to play hero ball. Run the football like crazy, right? Possession and, and, and clock control and all the rest. And just do enough at the quarterback position to win. That's what the Jaguars did. That's what the Colts did in blowout fashion. It's certainly what the Patriots did in Buffalo with the elements. And Tampa didn't. And it was great weather. And it was just kind of more along the lines of a shootout because of both offenses and how they played. Um, but now you fast forward to Carolina, New England, Atlanta, these three wins that the Bills have had. The New England win on the road was huge. And the defense, which 
statistically, I, I know that people are, have been talking left and right about how uh, enormous of a, of, of, a, of a situation it was for, um, you know, how for the Bills in terms of their defense and, you know, statistically, um, they're, they're number one in total defense or number two in this type of defense or number this and that, you know, that, that's fine. I mean, number one total defense, great. But that means that all the numbers are, are added in, and a lot of that can be deceiving. And, and the reason it can be deceiving is because they played in the beginning of the year. It was a bad Dolphin team, although they beat New England in week one. But they beat Miami 35 nothing. didn't see that coming, against Tua, who wasn't the Tua we have now, right? Uh, Washington, I mean, come on, Taylor Heineke, give me a break. Davis Mills, they were playing some bad quarterbacks, and the defense was able to pressure and and take advantage of inferior quarterback play, and I thought the stats really got padded in that in that game, uh, in those games. And then you fast forward to the later games, and you know the Bills' defense it was kind of up and down because the ground game they couldn't stop it. Whether it was Jonathan Taylor or the Patriots or or, or, or the Buccaneers and Fournette, it, it, it didn't matter. They couldn't stop them, and so. I think when you look at the entire piece, you fast forward to to January uh, 9th and this week's game against the Jets, and the Bills have shored up a lot of the holes that were on this roster. You know, a lot of the problems that the Bills had, um, they now look a lot better. They've played the Patriots where they controlled the run. Damian Harris still got his, but they controlled it. It wasn't a 2-250 yard situation. They made Mac Jones try to make plays, and he messed up. The Bills' defense dominated in that in, in that game where they needed to. Uh, the Bills shut out Atlanta in the second half. The Bills dominated Carolina for the most part uh, defensively. So that is the defense seems to be to me all the way back, meaning that the statistics and the ranking and all that stuff is real because they have been playing quality uh, opponents or quarterbacks or whatever the case may be. For, for the most part, for a good time running here. Um, you know, Matt Ryan is is at least still middle of the pack, right? I mean, he's probably in the third deck of quarterbacks right now in the NFL. Kyle Pitts is one of the best rookie receiver slash tight end type guys we've ever seen. Um, Bills went to Tampa. Bills, you know, played New England uh, and beat them. Um, so they've been, you know, road game, you know, at New Orleans. The defense was unbelievable in that game, too, 31-6. to six. You only allowed six points, for God's sakes. So the defense has come all the way back to have the numbers and the ranking, uh, the rankings be the way they should be and, and realistic, a lot more realistic than just saying, oh, well, they're number one in this total defense or whatever because why? Can you, can you tell me why? Well, yeah, I mean, they, they, they played some – pretty bad quarterbacks in the beginning of the year and you know they were allowing the ground game to happen um, those things were kind of leveling out um, and, and the numbers between the turnovers and, and different opportunistic things that happened the bills were a, at the top of the food chain there uh, now they're still at the top of the food chain but it's a different looking defense I don't need the analytics I know the defense looks a lot different you look at AJ up and now they're getting healthy too the Bills, you know, knock on wood, you know, Matt Milano's been in there the whole year. Tremaine Edmonds has been great um, tackling and all the rest. Gregory Russo with a big game against Atlanta. Um, Ed Oliver is starting to come on here. 
we know that Hyde and Poyer are going to be there. Remember, this is a defense that lost Trey White. So the Bills' defense has come all the way around in full circle in terms of stopping the run and being able to uh, create turnovers on quarterbacks, namely Mac Jones, uh, in the last couple games. And then you have a situation where the running game here has evolved. Devin Singletary has completely and utterly lapped Matt Breida, lapped Zach Moss, who still gets touches and who was ground and pounding against the Falcons, too. He's still maybe an important back as the game gets longer because, let's face it, we watched him wear down the 49ers. We watched him wear down the Denver Broncos last year. He can still be utilized in that role. But as far as a start-to-finish back for most carries, Devin Singletary has risen above the rest. He's hanging onto the ball a lot better. His legs are moving, and it seems as though that off-season conditioning program for Devin Singletary is really paying off right now. I don't suspect a game like that too often from Josh Allen. Sometimes things happen in sports. That was abnormal. And, you know, look, it happened, and the Bills' defense and running game bailed him out. And that's a sign of a good team. I don't think this is a great team. I don't think this is an elite team. I don't think this is a Super Bowl team. I think they're a division champion and maybe a one-win team in the playoffs. That's what they look like to me now. Having said that, they've won a few games in a row. They're starting to get a little bit of mojo and some swagger back here. If they beat the Jets, that's four in a row to close the year. And with all the topsy-turviness, the loss to the Jaguars, the injuries, Corona, getting blown out by the Colts, the Patriots' embarrassment in Western New York, Tampa Bay, getting down way, 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 way early, coming back, finding some things, but still losing the game in overtime. I think most Bills fans would take an 11-win season. That's only two wins worse than last year. And again, if you just look at the game that really kills you, it's the Jaguars, because you just can't lose to the Jaguars. You know, And New England just hung 50 on those guys too, by the way. So... This is a different team. Again, you can't win in the playoffs with that kind of a passing game that they had against Atlanta. But you think of it this way, like, well, it was that day and just the turnover and the turnovers from Allen, and we don't see it that often, so screw it. It's just going to be it, right? Like, that's it. I think there's probably a really, really, really important element um, to December and January football and that is obviously, can can your game travel well? If the Bills can run it, again, I, I don't need what they did against Atlanta on the regular. But if they can run it even half or a little bit over half that amount and have Allen mixed in a little bit on those really nice rollouts, you got the blockade of blockers, um, just a tremendous wall and pulling guards and all the rest that they had in the red zone for those couple of touchdowns that Allen ran in keeping him safe, holding him to maybe 8, 10 rushes a game, and then Singletary on top of that, and a little bit of Zach Moss sprinkled in here and there, uh, you know, that can travel well. And if they go to a warm climate, their passing game can travel well. So the Bills could be very formidable in the postseason, whether they're playing at home or on the road, because they have all of the elements to win in all conditions. This could be an all-conditioned football team by by the time the playoffs start. And don't look now, but the Patriots might be coming to Buffalo for another game um, in the playoffs because this is right now set up as a 4-5 or 
with the Bills hosting if they both win this coming week. So that's the way I look at it with the Bills and the Falcons. Thanks for listening. This is the ML Sports Platter. All over the major platforms brought to you by Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay, Elevate Fitness of Syracuse, our great, great friends at Welch & Company Jewelers. Make sure you log on to welchjewelers.com today and shop the showcase. And Brewerton Ace Hardware, inside and outside. They've got all the house uh, items that you need from brand new toilets to garbage cans and shovels and all your things for spring and summer if you want to get a head start on that as well. They've got your bird seed. They have a ton of other great things, grills and more. Get on over to Brewerton Ace Hardware, Route 11 in Brewerton in front of the Brewerton Bridge right off of the Bartell Road exit. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports. There's your Falcons Bills recap. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. <laughs> to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.